from my liberal one-bedroom ivory tower in Los Angeles, this is Scott. And from my very small RV in rural West Texas, this is Carl. And this is the, the Scott, Scott and Carl, Carl Show. Show. Well, it's the Scott and Carl Show. We play music that they don't know. The Scott and Carl Show. Like it or not, we're on your radio. We've had a little time off to think about things. We've, We've had... had Two-week hiatus. Thanksgiving uh, came and went, and um, it gave us some perspective to think about what is this show exactly? Like every now and then a friend will ask me, they'll be like, what is this podcast thing that you're working on? And uh, and I, I was saying, well, two high school classmates from rural West Texas, one of them ended up in L.A., one of them is in even further West Texas. Well, you moved to the big city of San Angelo, so... Maybe we're both urbanites. But anyway, I feel like we have different life experiences and we can help heal this country and the divides that are tearing our nation apart, Carl. What do you one think? Lost, one lost soul at a time. Yes, as they join and, and hit follow on their favorite podcast app. Right. And uh, I think it may be a lot easier to do now more than ever. It's more necessary. You know, we're, we're doing a public service. Right. So, we ever get in trouble with the law, this is our community service. I think so. This, so, this is sort of like Southern California meets Central Texas, although Central Texas might be a little overrepresented because I spent half my life there. But I'm going to try to speak as much as I can for the coastal elite. I'll speak for all the Republicans down here in the great state of Texas. Well, that's the first thing I was thinking. <laughs> like, what is. What, do you consider yourself a Republican? I do. So, conservative is something you've said before, but then you associate the Republican Party with with the conservative values. Correct. And I've always said I voted Democrat, but... You don't never, necessarily claim it. I've never considered it to be, like, everything that I see in a party or anything. It just always tends to, to fall that way. But I don't see myself as, like, committed to the Democratic Party. They're just, like, by far, to me, the best option. Sure, and, and that's the way I am with the Republicans. Uh, like we've talked in the past, I can see good and bad points from a Democratic candidate as well as a Republican candidate. Uh, you know, a, a lot of people have their blinders on, and it's just straight one ticket or the other. And I think this, this country would be a lot better off if they would just take their blinders off, and that's what we're going to try to get them to do. To look at the actual issues, I feel like another idea for this show could be, you know, common ground. I feel like there's so much that people agree on, and we get caught up with team sports and who's on right. what team. Exactly. <clears throat> and it makes us forgive a lot on our sides and really demonize people on the other side um, and jump to conclusions on their intentions. Yes, I, I couldn't think of a, or I can't think of a better analogy than you just come up with with team sports because that's basically what it is is when, when, when you play a team sport you're loyal to your team whether regardless of what's going on and, and i think that's the big problem with politics is you have these lifelong republicans who are just loyal and same way with the democrats i mean they're not going to change regardless of i mean hell adolf hitler could be resurrected and nominated in one party or the other and they're going to Hell, Hitler, because that's representing that's who's representing their party. Some people. I mean, the real question is which who are the folks that are going to follow the party no matter what, and who are the ones that are going to break away when you're when you're really tested, when your loyalty is tested by somebody that's terrible. Well, my lo my loyalty has been really tested the last <laughs> month or so. Well, tell me about that because I remember uh -huh. from election night to now, Carl's gone through some transitions. Well, it's conceit. I mean, you lost. Get get over it. Uh, and and when we were talking the other day, you said something about you know basically Trump is trying to take us from a de democracy to a dictatorship. And, and I can't say I disagree with you because that's exactly what he's doing. And he's trying to in interfere in with with the states and you know calling on governors to force their states to 
do whatever the hell he's trying to do right now. And it's just ridiculous. Well, oh. it's, I mean, it For seems... one, it's, it's embarrassing. I, and I think that's the biggest thing to me is it's embarrassing. I, I don't know another, a better word to describe it. Uh, we look like a bunch of idiots to the rest of the world, even Canada. And that's sad. Well, we have some insider, insider perspective from Canada. We can have some Canadians on at some point. That, that was a joke, Corinne. <laughs> Corinne's currently in Canada. She's in her two-week quarantine so she can see her family for Christmas. And they wouldn't have let me in if I tried to go up there for, uh, for Christmas because uh, a non-Canadian citizen can't just go up for a social visit. So it's, it's not like Mexico where they let anybody in. Do they? Or Mexico? I feel like they're at the point where they're going to build that wall after all well, and uh, keep us out. We booked a trip to Mexico day before yesterday, so. <laughs> so Are you going to uh, Corona, Mexico? Coronaville, yep. We're going to Cancun. Mm. I've, yet, I've yet to be that far south, so it ought to be interesting. What? I'm, I'm what going is... to wear my official Scott and Carl show Speedo while I'm there. Okay. I'm sure that people can find that in the, uh, the show store that's not online yet. We will have merch up. We do have a Twitter, folks. Follow us on Twitter at the Scott and Carl Show. Well, that's good. We're moving right along. <laughs> uh, that sort of is a bit of a transition into Texas just moved into the second slot in COVID deaths in the nation behind New York. New York got pummeled that first couple well, of weeks. Well, sure. But if you look at it, and I understand it, Texas is a huge huge state uh and new york's population is huge and i think with everybody and i don't know i haven't looked are most of the deaths in new york or are they from new york city yeah i mean there is a huge um correlation with urban density to the spread right. of the virus and you know <clears throat> but some it, sometimes it's some of the rural areas too i think where these deaths are a problem because you don't have the big hospitals that a city has so sometimes they've never seen a COVID patient. So when they get a couple, they don't quite know what to do yet. But it's easier to overwhelm a rural hospital system than it is an urban one, I think. Sure. And, you know, I experienced the uh, lack of hospital beds due to COVID firsthand uh, the day after, two days after Thanksgiving, that led up to my uncle passing away. And it was not COVID related. But he needed bypass surgery that they couldn't perform there in San Angelo. And they were going to get him to San Antonio and there were no beds open. So he never made it out of the hospital there in San Angelo. So it's not directly, his death was not directly tied to COVID, but it was, if that makes any sense. They didn't have a chance to attempt to work on him. Right. Uh uh, yeah, you know, you know who who knows if if the surgery if he'd even had come out of it, uh, he, he was pretty bad off. Can I so, ask what it was related to? Uh, he had so his wife, my aunt, I guess it was the second wife. So it's kind of hard for me to claim her as my aunt, but uh, she passed away in September, and then he had went to my uncle's there in Brady, and he couldn't breathe. So they had him go to the hospital, get tested for COVID, and he was negative. But they told him you'd have you you have had a heart attack sometime this last week, and all four arteries were clogged. So they they got him wow. in San Angelo, and he held on for about four or five days. But I didn't know that you could take him off. You could survive a heart attack and then be feeling the repercussions after that, and then that yeah. can still kill you. Yeah, I had no clue. Uh they had him on a ventilator, and they were trying to wean him off of it, and that's when they lost him. Hmm. So, well, I'm so, sorry. It has know. been a tough week for your family, and that's one of the reasons why we didn't record last week. Right. Um, but that is some firsthand a way to see how, like, I guess, unrelated, like, people unrelated to COVID still see, feel the impact of it. I still suffer from the consequences of you know, and, I, and I'm still, and I know you've asked me on here before about the mask thing, and I don't know. I, I'm still not sold that it actually works, but if it does, wear your mask. I mean, 
I'll wear it regardless of my beliefs on if it works or not. So not just to protect myself, but to t- protect my family and other folks. Well, they are they aren't really that effective at protecting you yourself. It really is about not letting germs get out, out. and right. infecting other people. Because um, so, like, if I'm wearing my mask and I'm going into a McDonald's full of people not wearing their masks, literally the only thing I'm doing is protecting those people from catching COVID. If I have COVID, I'm right. not really that protected at all. <laughs> no, no. But um, yeah, I, I mean. As far as masks, like I'm not a scientist. I don't know the data on masks, but when a bunch of doctors say, yeah, do this, it prevents the, I mean, it doesn't prevent the spread, but it highly reduces the spread. And, and I understand that, but, and, and I'm not saying that these doctors are wrong, but it's like I've stated, I've seen everywhere I go, people are wearing their mask. I rarely, rarely, rarely see anybody not wearing their mask, but cases continue to rise. Uh, the owner of the company that I work for is very, 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 I mean, even pre COVID, he, he was the one that he's a drummer for, he didn't want to shake your hand. Uh, he still owns the company. He's been retired. He has isolated himself this whole time. The only places that he's been is his house and he'll spend his days on his tractor out in the field. That's the life right there. But he still tested positive. Where to get it from? I mean, it, it's and that's the thing, though. That's like when people say, "Well, if you're not scared of COVID, just you know, or if you're scared of COVID, stay home, ride your tractor, and isolate yourself, um, and let everybody else go out and do their thing and catch it, and they don't care." But that's the whole point: is like you can't fully isolate. There's there's no way to just completely disconnect and isolate yourself from society. So the vulnerable people will get it if we all just spread it everywhere which is like i'm not staying home because i'm worried i'm going to get it and die from it there's like such a slim chance of that happening i'm staying home because i don't want to get it pass it on to other people and old somebody on this tractor or whatever ends up catching it because i didn't stop the chain of covid jumping from one healthy body to another and well did i did i read something the other day that said los angeles or california is on lockdown again i don't even know what the difference is i mean yes they they went under lockdown, but like retail is still open. It, it's much reduced. It's like thirty five percent or something of capacity. But if you could still go into a clothing store and shop for shirts and <laughs> I I haven't really seen much of a difference. I dr- I mean today I drove across town in traffic. Everybody seemed to be out. I was listening to the radio and it they were talking about. They actually had a bunch of callers from the area being like, can you see a difference since the lockdown started? And people are like, no, looks about the same. I mean, everybody here for the most part, like you were saying, I see them out, they're wearing their masks. I'm wearing my mask, we're all cool. But when when these people were calling into the radio show, um, they're like, oh yeah, I go to this restaurant and we're still having indoor dining even though it's illegal now. Or I know I'm a comedian. There's a underground comedy scene where everybody's doing shows indoors anyway. So it's not visible, but after, what has it been? Six months, eight months at this point, nine months? After nine months, people are just in public. They'll wear their mask and do the right thing. But there are these groups (laughs) that I think are just having a lot of super spreader events. And then that just means that it keeps, keeps flowing around. And it does, and when was it? It was right around Thanksgiving, I heard on the radio, oh, I think there was 20, 28 people that went to this swingers party in New Orleans, and 22 of them have since tested positive. And I'm just like, first of all, I mean, I guess if they're at a swingers party, they really don't give a crap what they catch. COVID's the least of their worries. What's well, uh, funny is they were probably using protection in other ways, but, <laughs> but you're like, I, I wonder if they kept their mask on. I read something that was actually like, that they were saying like, it's bad to have like, you know, sex with strangers or whatever during COVID or don't, ha- don't have sexual encounters with new people. But if you're going to, here are the precautions. And it's like, you both should wear your masks. Here's the <laughs> positions where your mouths will be the furthest <laughs> from each other. That is awesome. <laughs> and I, 
Of course, this wasn't applicable to me, but... Or, uh... <laughs> Well, maybe, fun- we need, maybe, maybe we need to invent some kind of, like, head condom. Maybe that would get people to... Yeah, know. I mean, well, a mask is the closest thing to the most comfortable version of a head condom that we no, have. I want to I wanna all out just a giant condom that we put over our heads. <laughs> I've seen some people walking around. They'll have, like, the mask and the visor and something else. And I think sometimes they're trying... People will be, like, wearing stuff like that just to make a point and exaggerate it. Well, I saw that firsthand over Thanksgiving. Uh, uh, they this person had the N95 mask on with the face shield, and it was you know at the family get together. Which this person lives in the Metroplex, come home to West Texas for Thanksgiving, but they have a heart condition, so understandable. You got to protect yourself at any cost. And they were amazed that it was like I go into a store out here, and of course I never saw it. You see one or two, but she said, I'll go into a store out here and nobody's wearing a mask, which is a lie because I'd say 95% of the people do wear their mask. But when those 5% come into the store, they can infect anybody with that's wearing a mask. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then, you know, we were discussing the, the super spreader things, and I couldn't tell you the artist, but there was some concert held in Ohio, 500 people all packed in close together zero mask so, it, so we i mean we ask like how is it still spreading everybody's doing the masks it's like no i don't think they are <laughs> i think enough people aren't that that we're just going to go ahead and just keep keep this infection rate going until next summer when we finally have a vaccine coming out which transitions into how do you feel about the vaccine england's starting to get it um i'm torn i mean i don't even get a flu shot rarely do i ever i think i've had three my entire life Will I get the COVID vaccine? Probably. Now, the reason I say I will probably do it is I have a mother that has underlying health issues. Marissa's in the medical field. So I think in order to protect them, it's best that I do get it. And I I do have high blood pressure. So do you at all, do you factor in the, you know, like the other people? in the store the other people that you come in contact with and them like transmitting it as opposed to just you and your in your family well yes and i don't i'm torn just because what are the side effects of this because it was rushed and i I guess that's something we're all going to find out 10 to 15 years down the road after about 100 million of us take this shot but uh you know 10 to 15 years down the road, I'll be an old man, so it won't matter. That's another thing with COVID infection. You know, we're, people are having lung issues months afterwards after they test negative again well, and they get over well, it. And we're really starting to wonder, like, well, I wonder what the long-term effects are of actually having COVID and getting over COVID. Right. And, and speaking of that, just this morning at our weekly safety meeting, our uh, plant manager was touching, talking about COVID. And apparently his wife, tested positive back in july she never felt ill but she just lost her sense of taste and smell and he said she still doesn't have it back so Hmm. you know july to december and who knows if it will come back yeah i think i think those are two pretty important things that i know i don't want to live without (laughs) i I mean mean, yeah like breathing smell breathing number one like yes i'd like my lungs to keep working and breathing but yeah the next Next on that list, I don't want to give up t- smell and taste. Uh, I mean, and that's a know, su- that's a COVID success story. That's not the the list of dead. Right, <laughs> like, she's alive. That's what that's what counts. But. Didn't have to go to the ICU. Totally didn't. You know, barely felt any effects. But still, right. That's not something you really want to live with. So yeah, I'm. I mean, I am. I'll take the vaccine when they're ready to give give it to me. I have no problem with the fact that I'm towards the back of the line. Because no, right. And, and I, I believe that it should go to the elderly and then the frontline healthcare workers first. Mm-hmm. Or front, yeah, frontline yeah, front healthcare workers. And then anybody that's coming in contact with a lot of other people on a regular basis needs to have the vaccine. Because that's the points of contact where this thing spreads. And we were... I was Absolutely. Absolutely. Something that was like, we need to give it to the social butterflies, like the folks that are throwing all these 
parties and still have an underground comedy night and still doing all those things like as selfish as they're being that's where the thing is still spreading and you need to inoculate these people (laughs) so that (laughs) if they're going to do it anyway at least they won't be spreading it right well we we need to figure out some way to just like release it on the west coast and just let the 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 winds just sweep it across country and everybody takes it not knowing can you imagine if we if we actually made it airborne and we we're flying planes over cities and now people pointing up at what they've been calling chemtrails this whole time? They're like, I was right. I knew it. They've been practicing for these last 20, 20 years. Well, we, we've, we've got to give the weirdos their, their time every now and then. Oh, man. There's <laughs> any chemtrailers out there? I, I know one personally. <laughs> and They're out here, too. Oh. Not only a chem trailer, but like the antennas and stuff that little cell phone towers or the big antennas like a Walmart or something. That's the government listening to us. Sure, they listen to us. There's no doubt in my mind. I mean, yeah, but we give them enough chance to listen to us on our phones that we don't need to. They don't need to put up little antennas. Right, oh, and, and that's that's back to the vaccine. You know, people or they're going to put a chip in it. What are you holding in your hand 24 hours a day? They can track you any way they want. Also, that would be a huge conspiracy if all of the scientists, all of the testers are all in on it. And they're like, oh, can you just overlook the fact that this chip is in here that we're injecting into your arm? Somehow, don't ask us any questions on how it like well, works. Like, also... The size how, of the needle that the chip would have to go through? I mean... How does it stay powered? <laughs> like, do you have to go in and change so, the, ba- the battery? solar powered. Yeah, well, right under the skin. A, a tough time getting solar powered in the body. Oh, but people never fail to amuse me. Corinne's friend asked her, she was like, did you get tested for, for COVID? I should say acquaintance, not friend. And she said, no, but, and she said, good. Because when the little swab that you swab inside your mouth, that's how they put the chip in too. So just, you know, I have the chip. I did a swab oh. back when I, my friend was positive. Well, my daughter tried to pull that the first time and, I set her straight. And then she also tried to pull the whole, she, somebody told her that they knew somebody that got the nose swab and they went up too far and hit their brain and killed them. I said, first of all, you can't reach the brain from the nasal cavity. There's a bone there that prevents that. (laughs) See, that's more than I knew. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, (laughs) look, I don't know. Where do people come up with this stuff? Well, okay, that's, I mean, that could be a whole other episode. At some point, we're going to have a mid-show section just devoted to fake news and how it spreads. But it's interesting. Like, when you tell me uh, that the nasal swab can go up and hit your brain and kill you, that's interesting to me. That's much more interesting than... But it it can't. Yeah, but how much does that matter, that it can't? If somebody tells me it can... That's interesting, and I'm thinking, wow, can it? Well, I guess so, because my friend told me it can. Well, yeah, and, and I guess people without that knowledge are just going to believe it. And that's where it spreads. I mean, stupidity spreads pretty quick. Well, and at a certain point, if I hear it enough, and I tell other people about it, and then somebody comes up to me, like Carl, and says, no, that can't happen. There's a bone between the brain and the nasal cavity. I'm going to say, whoa, I didn't realize Carl is fake news. Because Carl's here trying to tell me not to believe that these things are deadly. And he must be in on it, honestly. Or he's just gullible. He's part of the nasal swab conspiracy. I've yet to be tested. Marissa did the nasal swab, and she said it wasn't as bad as people were making it out to be. Okay. I did the Uh, mouth mouth swab, which was no big deal at all. That's what my daughter did. Twice. Two times she thought she had it? Well... When it when it first started, you know, started becoming rampant, more and more people. When it first the first started spreading, she felt bad, so we pretty much forced her to go get tested because she was at the house a lot, you know. And with Marissa being a dentist, you know. Well, the second time was her roommate tested positive for it, so she had to go get tested, and that's a whole nother issue in itself, just due to the fact that her roommate thought it was funny. Because the week before, my daughter had strep throat, tested negative for COVID, but positive for strep. And her roommates were giving her all kinds of crap. 
well, if I catch strep, I'm going to be mad. If I get strep, well, then she comes back from visiting her mother, who was positive, and then she tests positive, and my daughter said she thought it was funny to just walk around the dorm and cough and spit. I said, then just get out of there and go to the house. Oh, her roommate thought it was funny. Yes. When she was positive? Yes. Holy. <laughs> yes. I was pissed. I That's called... like some criminal negligence. Well, right. Well, I called the school. I, I called the university. I called housing, told them what was going on. I said, this is crap. What are, what are y'all's protocols for when, like, well, we have a hotel bought out that we quarantine them. I said, well, this chick is not coming back next semester. So she was moving back home the next day. So that was her deal. Well, I'm leaving home. I'm going, moving out tomorrow. So it doesn't matter. Yes, it does matter. So I'm going to infect as many people as I can on my way out? Right, because you're not only affecting my daughter, but you're affecting my, you know, Marissa and I at our house. And then Carly goes home to her mother's or their brother and her little sister. And then everybody that we're around and they're around. That's how it's spreading is you have idiots that just don't care and and think it's a big joke. Yeah. Every time I see the the non-masks or I see the person taking it as a joke, I'm like... I don't think you want to go back to restaurants. I want to go back to restaurants. That's why I'm wearing my mask. (laughs) I'm ready for... I'm ready for schools to be open again. Like, we just shut down schools, and the same people who aren't wearing masks around here and complaining are the same people who, like, made the schools shut down. Because once we hit a certain rate of positivity, it's just automatic. It's like everything's getting shut down again. Anyway, moving on from COVID talk, that was our first 30 minutes of COVID talk. (laughs) uh i put in here on a on the brighter side because we're doing our our weekly news recap marijuana decriminalization passes the house of representatives which is kind of a big deal i sent you a screenshot to celebrate now guarantee you it will go nowhere in the senate but i think that it's interesting that that marijuana i think is a somewhat bipartisan issue with voters it's a very partisan issue still in the House. If you looked at the vote count, it was pretty much all Democrats, no Republicans. But I think this is one of those things that surprisingly has gotten really more acceptable um, since we were in high school. I know it was super taboo. We went through the D.A.R.E. program and all that. It's like marijuana is a gateway drug. It'll totally screw you over. People people overdose on marijuana sometimes. Oh, man. Or they, could lace well, your mar- they could lace your joint with LSD and then you're in big trouble, kid. Oh, well, my personal beliefs on marijuana is it's safer than alcohol. I don't see how we can support alcohol, but not marijuana. I have smoked marijuana in the past. I've never wanted to get in my car and just drive like I'm 10 foot tall and bulletproof. You just want to chill. And if you do get in the car, you're not speeding, I promise you. Uh, but as far as lacing it with LSD, that could be anything. You, I mean... Look at all these women that get roofied or men that get roofied. Anything can be laced with anything at any given time without someone's knowledge. So as far as that goes, I do believe, yes, it needs to be decriminalized. It needs to legalize it and tax it. I heard somebody make a comment the other day. Well, they of course they want to legalize it just so they can get the taxes off of it. Lady, where do you think that money's going right now? It's going to make these drug cartels in Mexico even bigger than they already are and richer than they already are. If it's legal here, there's your a big chunk of the cartels shipping stuff in. Yeah, I think it, we should take that profit instead of giving it right. to them. Also, how much right. money how much money would we save if police could focus on more like violent crime? Right. And I mean, tax it. Yes, tax it and use that money for for schools to give teachers a raise, to give law enforcement and EMS and firefighters, give those guys or your public servants. Uh, that tax money could be used for a lot of stuff, a lot of good. So absolutely, decriminalize it, make it legal, kick Greg Abbott out of office, and let's let's get on with it. <laughs> well, we'll get to your attorney general later on. Oh. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm going to mark this down. I wonder if... The Scott and Carl show could have a list of agenda items that we're in total agreement on. And one of them could be marijuana decriminalization. Yes. I think we are both on the same page. The Scott and Carl platform. I've, uh, and and I've said that for years, 
legalize it and tax it, you know. Treat it like alcohol. It's like, yeah, if you're driving under the influence, whether it's alcohol or marijuana, you shouldn't have gotten in the car. Here's your ticket, or you're going to jail if you're, you know, endangering people. Now, here's a question I do have. A former colleague and I, years ago, were talking about it, I think when Colorado made it legal. So, it does become legal. Obviously, if you go to work drunk, you get fired. Marijuana stays in your system, so when they, are they just going to stop testing you? Or is there an actual test to say well yeah you're high right now versus i smoked last night before i went to bed to help me sleep better and it's, it's in your system so I, I don't know how that'll work i guess companies could still have a zero uh, tolerance on it you should be able to somehow be able to test the amount of what thc that's currently in your blood system i don't know so, it, that, but, but yeah you're right it's more difficult to test to see if somebody's currently under the influence r- and I do believe the NFL come out and said that they're going to stop testing for marijuana use. Great, because if Ricky Williams can win the Heisman and MVP high, then like it's not a performance-enhancing drug. No, not at all. <laughs> Let's just face it, Ricky Williams is a badass. I mean, he was taking it for anxiety. I never realized how much... He has a social anxiety, and you never think about that with people who are famous, you know. But he was taking it to just be able to feel to normal. Function. Yeah. Right. Whereas, like, if other people take it, it's to feel weird. Well, <laughs> well and I know two people personally that smoke on a daily basis, and it's so that they can function. They can't function without it. And, of course, there's going to be addiction, too, that people are going to run into, like how much is too much. But that's something that you need to keep track of with any sort of drug that you're taking whether it's alcohol or cigarettes or you know whatever so so yeah absolutely i I believe you and i are both i i would go on to say the majority of america is on that same page yeah i think i saw it between 60 and 70 percent and 20 years ago it was closer to 30 percent so that's a huge movement for an issue because all the potheads are older now (laughs) and that would have a huge impact on criminal justice too you think of all the people that we locked up for marijuana well, possession. And still to this day. Yeah, they're, they're still stuck in prison. Because we don't go know. back and say like, oh yeah, the thing that we arrested you for, so it turns out it's legal and we probably shouldn't have arrested you. But we're not going to let you out. Like that's what we're dealing with in California right now is we're like retroactively, like should we go and say, yeah, you did something wrong because it was illegal then. But now we've decided it's not actually that dangerous and it's legal now. So you're still in prison. No, I, and I don't. I think because it was illegal at the time, they broke the law at the time. Yeah. Because I think if you do that and you start mm. letting releasing folks from prison, well, then it comes back into they'll sue the state and then or you know and try to get money out of them, and then they'll have to set aside money. So. Well, I think you get out of it by. I mean, the state would be able to say, "Look, it was illegal at the time. We locked you up under the law. Since then, the law has changed." Now we're looking at your case again, and we've decided that, you know, you've been in prison for eight years for something that's now legal. I think we can probably let you out. Yeah, but you, you would still get those idiots that would still try to sue. And Man, idiots someone... be suing. Idiots are suing. The, co- the court system's having to really work and, overtime and, now. And somewhere, some someone would win, and yeah, it'd just be a nightmare. That's how our system works. The judge looks at it and, I guess, decides... I don't know. Well, I just I have a huge problem with people getting sentenced to ten to fifteen years for possession of marijuana, and then getting probation for ch- a child sex crime or something like that. To me, those are the ones that need to be locked up, not necessarily your pot. Now, if it's heavy drugs like you know cocaine or heroin or something like that, I get it. But we need to treat the child sex offenders. I think more harshly than drug users. Uh, I think there's another thing we're agreeing on. Some state in this last in this last election, we may have talked about it, decriminalized everything. Like <clears throat> uh, it was Oregon, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, that sounds right. And not that it's okay to use all drugs, but you're not treated like a criminal for using them. It's you're fun. it's treated like rehab. But it's fun. <laughs> have you tried all drugs? All no. drugs? A lot. <laughs> A lot, a lot, a lot. But tried, folks, tried. (laughs) I was young and dumb at one point. Moving on. (laughs) We'll let the audience wonder about that. (laughs) 
Uh, you tweet, tweet us and I'll tell you. Yeah, okay. The news will come on Twitter. Carl, you found an article about fingernails. Right. And this is something you and I can sort of relate to as far as dress codes in public high schools. So are you familiar with where Clyde's at? Clyde. Clyde I mean, they, they were in our district in high school. I knew if the name sounded familiar. Yep. Same mascot as us, same school colors, everything. The Clyde Bulldogs, huh? Yep. So Clyde is right outside of Abilene, Texas. And when you read these <clears throat> national articles, they'll say 120 miles west of Fort Worth. Well, it's about 15 miles outside of Abilene. So anyways. They don't know where he, Abilene is. I know. This, this young man who has come out as a homosexual. I mean, it's known. He, he's not hiding it. Painted his fingernails or had his nails done. I, I've, I've heard two different reports. One, the first was just painted, then I already had them done. Went to school and was sent to the principal's office and then given in school suspension until he refused or until he removed the polish. And he refused. And it made national headlines because this young man is claiming that it's discriminating. That if a girl can do it, a guy should be able to do it. And this goes back all the way back to our day. I felt that same way with, you know, we had the long hair. I had earrings, but we weren't allowed to wear them at school because we were males. And I couldn't wear my short shorts, even though they were fingertip length. That's right. Uh, I understand what this kid is, is saying, and I wholeheartedly agree with him. The problem I have with it is not doing it the correct way. Kind of like what we were talking about with the marijuana, and you've been locked up for it when it was illegal. You knew the rules, and you broke them. Uh, do the rules need to be changed in this situation? Absolutely. But I just I just feel that he went about it the wrong way. And he's getting a lot of support nationwide, and rightfully so. Uh, when it first happened, the school board there in Clyde said, it is what it is. We're not going to review our policy. Well, now they're holding a special school board meeting to go over their <laughs> dress code. Uh, and we talked about this in an earlier episode on breaking the rules as, you know, as a form of protest. Like sometimes right. people don't take it. They don't notice your issue as long as you're just quietly not breaking any rules. It, nobody has any reason to listen to what you're talking about. It's until you refuse to do to refuse to follow the rules you know, or standing in traffic, blocking traffic in the, in and, like in a protest uh, kind of way. And it's like finding that line of like, how far is too far? I don't want to endanger anybody, but I do want to be like inconveniently making a point so that I have to yeah. be taken seriously. And I don't think this, this young man's intentions were for this to spread like it has. Uh, from my understanding, he said something about it on Snapchat. And somebody screenshotted it and shared it, and it just took off. So, kudos to him for, you know, I'm not, he, he hasn't changed anything, but because the spotlight is on that school board now, they're at least having a meeting trying to figure out what's going on. You know, should we change it or not? Because I think had it not gone viral, this kid would probably still be in ISS, and nothing would change. It'd be the same old rules. Yeah. And we have to just, anytime something like that comes up, I try to think of like, is this consistent with the values that I say are important to me? And if I believe that we're in the United States and you should be able to do and say what you want, as long as it doesn't infringe on somebody else's rights, which I don't well, think this kid's nail polish is infringing on other people's freedoms. No. And, and the argument from school boards that have these policies like this is it's a distraction. I've never been distracted by somebody's hair or their nail polish while I was in school. Usually, I was the one distracting people. And it, I, I promise you it wasn't because my fingernails were painted. It was because I was acting like an idiot. But I, it, it just amazes me what these administrations think is a distraction. There, trust me, there's a lot more distractions in high school than some guy painting his fingernails. Yeah. So, you know, well, discri discrimination is alive and well and... I wasn't allowed to have facial hair. There were so many times I got sent to the principal's office because I had too much scruff growing, and they literally uh, kept a razor 
I hope this was a new razor each time now that I think about it. Probably was. It was was probably Seymour's. Sent me to the bathroom to shave. (laughs) So many times. I never had that problem. I mean, I never was, not once was I ever told to go shave. And it was about as long as it is right now. And we're video chatting, and this is not a beard. This is stubble. No. Well, that's what Marissa and I were talking about when we were discussing this kid's deal. And, and I remember moving to Brownwood, and the very first pep rally that I was forced to go to when my daughter was very young, I walk in, and the band's playing, and you've got somebody on the snare over there, and he's got hair down the middle of his back with a ponytail, a full beard, and two earrings. And I'm just like, you know, I was used to our dress code, so I was kind <laughs> Is this a college band? I mean, oh, the times they are changing. Oh. <laughs> but I, I like that because let, let kids be comfortable. Let them express themselves as long as they do it in a rightful manner, not being disruptive or or anything like that. And just because this kid's gay and you don't agree with it, who cares? It's not your choice. You know, you shouldn't discriminate because to me, they're not discriminating because his nails were painted. They're discriminating because he's gay. I do wonder like how much that plays into it. Because to me, him being gay shouldn't really be part of the story at all, unless it was part of being used against him. And it sounds well, like it... Oh, yeah. I think it was. Uh, and, and he's the one that come out and said, I've already come out. Everybody knows I'm gay. That's And, and I don't know if he identifies as a girl, and that's why he's doing it. I, I don't know. But... Yeah, I mean, that you're just... He's experimenting do I like wearing nail polish? Oh, I guess I do. I'm going to do it for a while. I'm I'm straight, and I painted my toenails back in high school. Oh. I got one one ear, then both ears pierced in, in college, then back to one ear, and then I haven't had an earring in this ear for, since then, basically. Still have a bump to remind me of it. Yes. I can still put earrings in both ears. Wow, that's... And I haven't worn them in forever, but it's weird. I mean, i got to put a little bit of pressure to get it through that backside, but... <laughs> yeah, one time I re-pierced it with a, just like pushed in there, push, put up oh, there it goes. Yep, worth it. I looked amazing. Of course. <laughs> uh, violent crime is on the rise. That'll be something interesting to deal with as people. It was down for the per- first part of quarantine because everybody's like locked down. But now I think all those pent-up beefs that people have put aside, they're uh, coming out to. I don't have any statistics to share, so I'm completely pulling any sort of was, reasoning out of I was my looking butt. For the, There's I was like looking no link the there. And I, was, I was like, <laughs> just listeners, keep an eye on this. Violent crimes on the rise. <laughs> and uh, if you know of any violent crime, let us know. Yeah, yeah, you keep us in in, uh, in the loop on that. Uh, YouTube is removing videos that say Trump won, uh, aka fake news at this point. And that's an issue of, like, free speech versus disseminating fake news. And, 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 and that's where I'm at on that. I, I don't believe, I don't know, because there, there's so many people that see stuff on social media that just run with, oh, my God, that's true. You can when get can, killed with the brain swab. <laughs> but I don't believe that Facebook and Twitter and YouTube, I mean, you created this platform for people to pretty much be able to say whatever the hell they want to say but now you get to pick and choose what they what they're allowed to put on there so i'm against that you're still going to have people saying it there's still going to be platforms out there where i I think in the long run it's going to hurt these companies because you're going to have somebody that comes up with another platform where they don't care what you do and there's one out there and i can't think of what it's called that a lot of people are going to Parlor. Everybody's like, Twitter is too restrictive. I'll be on Parlor. Check me out on Parlor. Yes, maybe that's it. And and that's again. it's great that you have a place where like truth doesn't matter at all, and you can go there and just kind of like say whatever the hell you want. And for me, as somebody who's more on Twitter, I feel like there's enough bullshit on Twitter already. Like they don't monitor absolutely everything, but if something is just flat out false. I, I actually appreciate that um, it's not going to come across my feed. I also appreciate that there's a place I can, there are places I can go to read anything and everything. Well, as if it's true, but I don't. If it is fake news, flag it. Don't remove it. Just flag it. They've there's been doing a lot of that. 
and, and I'm perf- perfectly okay with that. But to have it removed, I just, eh. Yeah. It is. It's a, I mean, them being private companies, they can do whatever they want. But we're just speaking from a perspective of, like, do we as a consumer feel like this is appropriate? And, yeah, it's a, it's a touchy sub. When you start restricting access to certain things, then all of a sudden you're kind of like you're an editor. You're a news editor at that point. Just like the New York Times or CNN or Fox decides what goes on your air, what's allowed. Facebook is going to have to realize, or YouTube, or they're all going through this, how much they're in charge of the content on their platform. Um, oh, there was a funny video that I linked to here, the parenting family tax video. It's sort of hard to... Do you want to just click on it and watch it real quick? Where is it? It's a TikTok video. Oh, okay. Let's see. I'm just saying I have to... Okay. Hold on. Well, I'll have to remember to uh, cut this part out. Okay, I'm going to watch it real quick. Turn up the volume so I can hear it too. Peckerhead. There we go. All right, here we go. (laughs) This is parenting tips. My parents taxed my chore money at 25%. So, um, like when I was 10, I had to do 10 points worth of chores every week and I'd get $10 and then two fifty that would go to family taxes. And then I'd have to put two fifty in a savings account and then I'd keep the other 50% for spending. And, uh, once family taxes built up enough, we'd sit down and have a family meeting and vote on how we were going to spend it. So like one time we bought a new microwave because my mom said it worked just fine. But the other three of us were like, no, this thing is slow and old. And so we have overruled her on that one. And um, honestly, as an adult, so glad they did that because when I got a real job and all those taxes were taken out, I was like, Psh, what else is new? What's the weirdest thing your family did? <laughs> you know, I kind of like that. Yeah, I mean, so it's sort of like when I watched that, I thought it was a adorable parenting and also sort of like explains government better than any politician has in a long time of just sort of like, here's the, the whole point of it is that collectively right. <laughs> we put our little bit together to do things that in, none of us can do as individuals, like fund a military, fund a police force, educate everyone. Um, I don't know. That's a break for just a cute video. <laughs> Your thoughts as a we parent? Will, we will share it on our Twitter. <laughs> All right. This next one is a link that Carl oh. sent. Trump and 17 states join a Texas lawsuit to overturn the election results. This is coming from our wonderful, wonderful attorney general here in Texas by the name of Dan Patrick. Not the sports Dan Patrick. But the moron, Dan Patrick, who is a Republican, and yes, I'm calling him a moron. So Dan Patrick is suing all of these other states to get them to overturn their their, their election results. First of all, Texas shouldn't have any say-so in the government of another state. Just like in any other state shouldn't have any say-so in what the government in Texas is doing. Uh, so... Texas is suing Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Is it going to go anywhere? Absolutely not. Suing, suing them for what exactly is what I was having a hard time well, figuring out. Well, basically, they're just wanting all of these states where Biden won in those crucial states for the governments there to get involved and have their Republicans vote on it and have their government their state government not appoint biden as our president but trump they basically well, want them to just overrule well sure if, if you get 51 republicans in a room and 49 democrats in a room and say hey do you want the republican nominee or the democratic nominee to be president who's going to win that one the republicans are because there's more of them well if it okay cool, in a in a perfect world and we i mean we can this can lead into the podcast that we that I shared with you, the New York Times Daily podcast, where the guy from Georgia stood up and said, "Like, right, I ran, I helped run the election. Hero. My candidate lost, but I felt like we had a victory in the state because everything went smoothly and um, and no voting irregularities." It's like if you got those fifty-one Republicans and those forty-nine Democrats into a room, I would like to think that some of those Republicans would say, "I think we should have." We should send the electors 
based on the vote of the state, like based on who got more votes in our state, not based on the fact that I'm a Republican and I will now just vote for the Republican president. I would think they would factor in the, the candidate that won the most votes. You would hope because they won the most votes in that state because the people that they're going to represent voted that way. So for a, a group of 100 men and women to get together and overturn what your entire state is saying, it's a bunch of bullshit. And this is not the first time. That, I haven't been a fan of Dan Patrick for about seven or eight years now. This, I mean, he has let the position go to his head. He's just, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't even have the words to describe him and my hate <laughs> for this man because... <laughs> Oh, uh, and also this is going to be something that um, your tax dollars are going to fund is uh, right. Is and Texas taxpayer, you your taxes should go and argue that other states should disregard their voters well, and just appoint President Trump the next president. Well, good thing we don't have a state tax here in Texas as far as like income tax, but <laughs> property yeah, tax out the wazoo, though. Oh, well, it's already ridiculous. <laughs> goes up every year. And I think sales tax is a little bit higher there, but your property tax is higher than our property tax. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, your boy Ted Cruz is all ready to argue in front of the Supreme Court for this because he oh. really wants to swoop in and get all of those Trump supporters. So he's like going as far out as he can to say, it's rigged. We definitely need to see that these states are going to throw out the votes and just go ahead and appoint President Trump to another term. Which which makes you wonder how many of them actually believe this, or if that's exactly what they're doing. They're just out there trying to get votes for... Because Cruz is obviously was in the primaries against Trump back in 16 and lost. So is he planning on running again? He's just out here trying to get all these votes. Right. <laughs> which, again, we've talked about before. Let's do the job now that you're elected to do, not worry about the future. Well, yeah, also, did, why does this if, help his future? Why does it help his future to to claim that... I'm not saying it helps it, but he's, <laughs> he's, he's trying to get these voters to help his future so he can possibly run at it, give it another run, and, oh, well, you know, all these people that are out here, I got them on my side now. Which, which here's my thoughts on politics. Do the job that you're elected to do to the best of your ability without campaigning, don't get elected and then start campaigning for the next election. Just do your damn job. And if you do your job and represent the people in a fair in a fair way, guess what? You probably won't lose the next election. You'll keep getting you'll keep coming back because you do, you're doing what you said you would do during your original campaign. And that's not even the I mean, to me that's the least the least of the problems. Like I don't yeah, politicians shouldn't be campaigning while they're in office. They're going to do it. But it's the fact that he is supporting Love overturning murder. votes. <laughs> like, just like, that's not dem that's not democracy. Like, you're just no, saying, it's not. It, get it's, rid of the votes. And by and that is campaigning to him. To me, what, what that says is the American people, you're, you don't mean shit. Because America has spoken. Because campaign all you want to but don't don't throw out votes right don't that's what that's what i'm saying america has spoken and yes trump got an ungodly amount of votes but guess what your ungodly amount of votes still wasn't quite enough to beat biden's so therefore it is what it is except the loss you know i'm gonna go out there and I, i'm gonna campaign on the behalf of the tampa bay rays that they they, they deserve the world series i don't agree with the dodgers beating them and if I go to certain, and there's certain news sites that I trust more than Sports Illustrated and ESPN that tell me that the Rays did win, and uh, they have a different score and everything, and I've got, I can send you the links, Carl, that say that the Rays won. It wouldn't surprise me a bit. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> sure, I'm sure it's out there somewhere. I'm making that up, but I'm just saying the equivalent <laughs> is like, oh, well, I don't right. go to ES, I don't, I don't go to ESPN anymore because that's the mainstream sporting news, and you can't believe them when they say the Dodgers won. They're just biased towards the Dodgers because they had more runs. Yeah, because they're in LA and the market's bigger there. Yeah, but the Rays actually. I mean, think, of, think about the Lakers and the Dodgers won championships this year. Something's messed up there. Something's not right. Yeah, what are the chances? What are the chances? Well, 
Well, the Lakers bought theirs. They're turning to the Yankees of NBA. Oh, please. We got LeBron, and LeBron built that team around him. There's some – I was reading about what, like, LeBron's whole plan, and it was like, this guy is going to be a heck of a coach when he retires from basketball. But he he goes to the Lakers, and the Lakers basically just have a bunch of young guys that they picked up in drafts over the last few years. Some of them are good, some of them not so much. LeBron goes over there, and he – makes them look like all-stars by like mm-hmm. helping them with assists and helping them with this and that. And all of a sudden their trade value goes up. And then he, he talks to the management at the Lakers and he gets those guys traded to get some players that LeBron actually really wants to play with. Which and is they, crap. What do you mean? It's crap. A player should never have that kind of power within an organization. You are a player. You are an employee of that organization. I definitely think that there are certain players who come no. in with an, with an ego and they say, I want it my way, oh. I'm the star. But we, it but happens you, all the time. Look at James Harden right now with the Rockets. He didn't like the new coach that they hired, so guess what? Guess who's not in training camp? He's been in Los Angeles and Las Vegas partying and demanding a trade because I'm James Harden. Okay, James Harden, you score 50 points a game, but you shoot the ball 100 times a game. And how many championships have you won? Zero. And to me, that's the difference between a James Harden and a LeBron James who comes in and says, like, I know what it takes to build a good team and I work with the front office. And I don't feel like there were any, like, bad feelings between these two. They almost see LeBron as helping them with their player moves. And he's talking to Anthony Davis and he's like, hey, man, we had a really good time on the Olympic team. Well, you want to come play in L.A.? Look at I've got you all set up. You're going to be in this position. We've got these other players around. We're building something really special. And to me, that's doing it. Like that's a great way of doing it. I'm no, I don't. I don't think it is. It, it, it's just like when LeBron left Cleveland the first time and went down to Miami to join Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, and that's about the time you started here. Well, I mean, you've always heard them, but it really blew up the whole Jordan versus LeBron comparison. To me, LeBron chases championships. Jordan did not. The, the talent and, and Jordan is the same as LeBron because he made. Without Michael Jordan, I don't think Scottie Pippen's as good as he is. No, no, no. Uh, B.J. Armstrong. I mean, the other guys really, other than Dennis Rodman, Scottie Pippen, and Michael Jordan, you didn't have a household name on any of those six Bulls championships. You throwing out? You throwing Steve Kerr right out of here? Well, I think Steve Kerr has made more of a name for himself as a coach versus a player. He was a good player. I, I love Steve Kerr mainly because. How many little bitty white guys were there that could hit threes like he could? Not that a lot. Our, that, that was our our place growing up. <laughs> <laughs> but never mind. I was I always taller, so they always wanted to put me down in the paint, and I still couldn't shoot. <laughs> well, I definitely had no outside shot. I could play down low pretty well, but I played dirty. <laughs> a little elbow here and there. Back when basketball was a contact sport. Yeah. Well, I'll bring you around on LeBron at some point. I yeah, like. Yeah. I like. I like this guy. No, not, not just because he's in LA. I was happy when LA got him, as opposed to some other players mm-hmm. uh, like Dwight Howard. He was a he had a huge ego when he was in LA, and then he came back. He was humbled a little bit, and then he came back to LA, and then he won a championship last year, playing a bench role or playing a a supporting role as a team player. Yeah, well, I had no problems when Shaq went to LA, but Shaq was traded. And I don't know. I was not a Kobe fan until Kobe retired. Then I always respected Kobe's talent. I just didn't like the way he handled himself. (laughs) There's a competitor. There's somebody who wanted the ball in his hands, almost to the detriment of the team. Oh, and that was the case. I mean, that's why Kobe and Shaq split up. Yeah, and I don't think that's the case with LeBron. I don't think he's a ball hog. I think he's a facilitator. And that that goes all the way to the to the management of the team. And like, here's some players that I think can really help. Here's some players that I think we could lose that aren't in our system. Let's talk about building a team, building a franchise. The San Antonio Spurs, when they had the big three, I mean, they built that from the ground up with their draft picks. They didn't trade for big big star players, and they drafted a few foreign players here and there, guys that when they were drafted, I'm like the hell is it who are they drafting seriously who is this dude turned out to be manu ginobili i mean you know won five titles i'd say we're doing pretty well we won't see that success ever again but 
They had a nice run. Made me happy. <laughs> well, the Lakers are making me happy right now, so we can be happy for each other. <laughs> that damn Texas versus California bullcrap again. <laughs> well, I do think as we're over the hour mark, <laughs> just now, like about four or five articles away from getting to the second section of the show, maybe <laughs> we can push some of this until next week. <laughs> I say we push it till next week because I've got to pee. That's pretty much it for this week. Next week, if we're going to tease a little bit, there's there's something interesting I found online. It's the local Texas House of Representatives member representing the town of Brady, most of McCullough County. I was I was kind of curious, and I don't have his name in front of me, but I was I went to his website and he filled out this questionnaire on where he stood on the issues, and I it was kind of interesting reading because he had to answer it very supportive, somewhat supportive, neutral, you know, all the way down to disagreeing with it and i kind of thought you know where would you have to be on on these issues to stand a chance running a campaign in mccullough county well i think if you're running a campaign in mccullough county it's more of a popularity contest versus the actual issues i don't think anybody really even pays attention to the issues anymore i mean i would wonder so next week we're going to go through what those actual questions are, and if Carl were on the ballot with some opposing issue, how much of the problem would that be? Sounds like a plan. Total hypothetical. But if you want to donate to his campaign, <laughs> just tweet at us. <laughs> yeah, message us on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but until next time, this is Scott. And this is Carl. And you've been listening to The Scott and Carl Show.